Hello and welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Project 119 Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I'm Mary and it's my pleasure on this Friday, February 9th, to welcome a guest to the podcast. Today we have reading for us Kim Hobbs. Kim and her husband David and their five kids have joined Mountain Brook Baptist very recently in December and she has been a wonderful fast friend for me. I can't wait for her to share some of her testimony at the end of the podcast. Thank you, Kim, for joining us and for reading the scriptures for us today. Thank you for having me. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 16. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your own town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this. The kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, Will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. But whoever rejects me, rejects him who sent me. And now let's turn over to Psalms. I will be reading Psalms 119, verses 17 through 32. Be good to your servant while I live, that I may obey your word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. You rebuke the arrogant who are accursed, those who stray from your commands. Remove from me their scorn and contempt, for I keep your statutes. Though rulers sit together and slander me, Your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delights. They are my counselors. I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. I gave my account of my ways, and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. 
I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold fast to your statutes, Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. Thank you so much, Kim, for joining the podcast. I want to hear a little bit more about you. Tell me about where you grew up and a little bit about your family. Well, I'm married to David, and we have five kids. We're a pretty active family. We have three kids in college, one in high school, one at the elementary school. And we enjoy traveling. We like to play sports, and we're pretty fierce on a good game of Uno. <laughs> I'm from Tuscaloosa. I grew up actually in Northport. My family's still there. And I have an older brother, and he lives in Florida. Now, I want to hear the story of how you and David met. Is he from Tuscaloosa as well? David is from Tuscaloosa. He and I met in high school. We dated all through college apart. I went to Alabama, and he went to play basketball at a Division three school in Virginia called Hamden-Sydney. We married in 1999 and moved to Atlanta. We were in Atlanta for almost four years. What brought you to Birmingham? We came back to Birmingham because we were 20 weeks pregnant with twin girls. Oh, wow. So we had to find a job and had to be adults at that point. Okay, and and that's kind of <laughs> close to Tuscaloosa, so you had family nearby. We had family to help us in, from Tuscaloosa, so they would come and help. And then, of course, the twins were born, and then 16 months later, here comes Alan. Oh, wow. So we had Alan pretty quickly, <laughs> and then within... Three years of that, we had Andrew. So um, that was four kids in four years. So that it's a was busy time. A very busy time. Have you lived in the same area since you've been back in Birmingham, or did you move around? We we lived out 280, and then once the girls were born, actually, I guess it was after Alan was born, we moved to Mountain Brook. One fun thing about the podcast is getting to know some of your hobbies and interests. Tell me a little bit about yourself, what you like to do, what's your personality like? Well, I like to play tennis. That's kind of my outlet. And as you can imagine, I, I have a lot of laundry to do at home. <laughs> so now with three of the five kids out of the house, that's kind of um, been cut down. So that gives more time for tennis. Yeah. Um, I like to go to the beach and the lake and just watch kids play their sports and be with them. As a parent, I'm always looking for some parenting advice. Is there something that you would say that you've learned over the years or some advice that you've been given that you might commend to me? I would say that the <laughs> the biggest advice that I would get or that I've been given was probably just the patience. And that's really a hard lesson for me and and obviously one that I still struggle with. I want things to move at a pace that's probably unrealistic. And with five kids, there's five opinions, five feelings, five wants. And nine times out of 10, those don't line up with each other. So compromise is learned at a pretty early age and sometimes majority rules. But most of the time at our house, the parents rule. <laughs> David and I are pretty much a, a team that stick together. And I've told the kids from an early age that they have to be each other's best friend and they've got to stick together and no ratting each other out. I don't like tattletaling and I don't like the kids talking about each other back and forth and, and you know, unless sometimes there's danger involved, then obviously I want to know that. But no tattletelling, no stitching, and they're pretty much each other's best friends. And, and one day when David and I are gone, they need to be a team. They are a team. 
Tell me the story of how you came to faith or your journey with the Lord. I grew up with my dad's side of the family as Methodist. My mom's side of the family is Baptist. We went to the Methodist church for most of my childhood, but I would visit with my mom's parents a lot at their church. I had a lot of friends there and started playing softball with them and would go on youth retreats with them. But my youth directors, Harold and Lisa Parker at my church, played a major role in my faith journey and really in David's too as he started to go to youth group with me in high school. It was one of those youth trips that we sat in the dark on the last night of the retreat that I prayed to ask God into my heart. Harold and Lisa mean so much to us that we named our oldest daughter with the middle name Parker after them because we love them so much. They're really like a second set of parents to me, and I even go to them to this day for godly advice. I wonder if over the years, if you've come up with a favorite hymn or a favorite Bible verse or, or something that's near and dear to you. I would say those two kind of tie together for me. It's Lamentations 3.23. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And my hymn is great as thy faithfulness. Just morning by morning, new mercies I see. It just gives me such joy and peace that each day is kind of a do-over if needed. You guys have been members of Mountain Brook Baptist since December, but you visited a little bit prior to that. How did you get connected with Mountain Brook Baptist? With getting connected with Mount Brook Baptist was really through Andrew, our 16-year-old, through the youth group. He had many friends that came, and Joel just kind of pulled him in. And once Joel pulled him, he pulled us too. So we started to come and and met so many people and found a Sunday school class and have really enjoyed our time here. Well, we have really enjoyed getting to know your entire family, and we thank you all for plugging in right away. It's so fun to see you really getting engaged in the life of Mount Brook Baptist. You have a very special story about how your youngest son, Aiden, became part of your family, and it just speaks of the Lord's greatness and his faithfulness. And so I wonder if you might share that story with us now. Aiden is actually adopted, and his story is one that I love to tell. When I was eight years old, I was watching the 1984 Olympic competitions, and they showed a segment of the gymnasts from Romania and how they pulled them out of the orphanages. In the video, I remember seeing the baby beds all lined up in rows, and it made me so sad. And as I watched it, I closed my eyes and I prayed a very simple prayer. And it was, Dear Lord, one day when I get big, help me to adopt. And I never forgot that prayer. A little backstory. My grandparents, many years before that, were asked by a distant family member if they would take in a cousin because his mom had passed away. His dad couldn't take care of he and his sisters. So he was about the same age as my dad, and I think that was around six at the time. So he came to live with them, and his sisters went to live with another family member. My grandparents then had four kids, two girls and two boys. My dad and my Uncle Wayne were four months apart, and they were raised like twins. My dad was the pitcher, my uncle was the catcher, and my papa was their coach, and they played a lot of baseball. Um, Fast forward, so adoption was introduced to me at an early age. I remember asking my mom and kind of begging my mom, for a sister when I was a preteen. She would say to me, when you get big, maybe you can adopt a baby one day. We got the four kids in four years, so the adoption idea would probably have to wait. 
I would always bring it up in conversations at work events or meeting new people. And I would say that we had the desire to adopt, but hopefully one day that would happen. In April of 2014, I was talking to a friend named Brandy Dixon at a work function for our husbands. We were discussing how our youngest or my youngest was about to go to kindergarten and that, you know, did I really want to do this? But as I told her, I still had this longing to adopt. She said, I'm going to email my family in Mississippi and see if they know of anybody. She said, my aunt's a nurse, and she might know of someone. So on June 13th, I got an email from Brandy that said, hey, there might be a baby. Are you still interested? And I quickly responded, find out all the information you can and let us know. David still says to this day that I didn't tell him about that email, (laughs) but... We've since located it in my inbox, and I can prove that I forwarded it to him (laughs) on that day. So two days later, on June 15th, Father's Day, we were pulling into the ballpark that morning to play baseball all-stars, and Brandy calls, and she said, do you remember the email I sent you? And I said, yes. And she said, well, the baby's been born, he's in Mississippi, and if you want him, you need to get there. Of course, we had all four kids in the car, And they were asking a million questions. And they were trying, we were trying not to get their hopes up, but the cat was pretty much out of the bag. They got out of the car telling everyone, we're getting a baby. Needless to say, the next 24 hours were mixed with a lot of emotions, fear, doubt, excitement, nervousness, more excitement, and even more nervousness. After much deliberation that day, winning two or three games, finally losing in the afternoon, conversations with two adoption attorneys all day long, talking to the birth family in a car loaded down for a family vacation, we decided to go to Tuscaloosa to my parents. And if it all worked out the next morning, my mom and I would go to Mississippi and David would meet our friends at the beach with the kids. We got up the next morning and my mom and I set out to go meet the baby and the birth mom. I will spare you the details of my upset stomach and how my nerves were shot and how we prayed out loud in the car the whole way there. We got to meet birth mom and visit with her for several hours. She and I really hit it off. And at the end of the conversation, she said to me, when they told me that you had four kids and wanted another one, I knew you were the right person for this baby. We had had to handle some legal stuff and then we got to go meet the baby I got to show him to my mom through the nursery window and then got to FaceTime David and the kids and our friends who also have five kids at the beach. And I got to introduce the baby to all of them. Mom and I drove back to Birmingham so I could get my car. The next morning I was to go to Mississippi and pick up the baby. As my mom drove away from my house, doubt set in. Remember, David was at the beach with the kids and I was at home alone and probably That was the first time I'd been alone since having children in my house. I cried out to the Lord, how can I do this? Is this really the baby that was meant for us? Why should I be the one to get this baby? We already have four kids. My mind was swirling with doubt. As I was on my knees and broken and crying out to the Lord in my living room alone, my friend Brandy walked in. She got me up, wiped me off, and said, you need to listen to this sermon from John Piper. At my kitchen island on her phone, I listened to him talk about adopting at the age of 50. 
As I listened, I could feel the Holy Spirit softening me and telling me, this is what you have always wanted. I heard John Piper say, we are desiring earthly things and not his eternal praise. And when I heard those words, I looked at Brandy and I said, he is our son and I'm going to get him in the morning. From that moment on, we never looked back. You have to remember, it takes nine months to birth a baby and I was basically pregnant for 48 hours. So within seven weeks and three days from that original email that Brandy sent to her family, our son was in our arms. It never happens that fast. I know so many people who have waited for years and still nothing happens. We had not completed any paperwork, so the process took 32 days for us to get him from the state of Mississippi. Once the paperwork cleared and we could cross state lines, we were able to bring him home. We had grandparents and friends helping us along the way. When things got difficult, the Lord just provided a way. On July 18, 2014, we welcomed him into our home. I have no doubt that Aiden was created to be in our family. God knew from the very beginning that he was ours. Kim, thank you so much for reading today and for sharing the stories of God's faithfulness to you. I'm so challenged just by your simple prayer of faith when you were eight and just wanting to really think about what it means to pray kingdom-minded prayers. And so with that in mind, would you end our time together with prayer? Yes, I will. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for such innocent prayers that turned into so much for our family and for your kingdom. Thank you for being with us during this time, and please bless us as we go throughout our week. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.